Hey, thanks for being a part of the conversation. Let's do some pod crashing. Episode number 259 is with Brian Ford from the podcast, The Flaky Biscuit. What up, Aaron? I'm good. Good, good, good. How are you? Fantastic. Aren't you amazed by the way that the, the subject of food creates the most incredible conversations and you go down roads that most people, I mean, you don't expect it, but you, you end up on that subject. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful to, to be able to have these conversations with the guests on the show. Uh, you know, food, especially nostalgic food, uh, comforting food, food that creates uh, memory or has memory attached to it mm-hmm. uh, certainly does have a, a unique uh, place in conversation because oftentimes our guests will will quite literally say, man, I, you know, I've, I have not thought about this in so long or I have not <laughs> uh, you know, talked to someone about this or, you know, and it, it it's truly amazing to watch how uh, cooking a specific uh, nostalgic meal can open the door to uh, just very deep and profound conversations. Well, that's what the Flaky Biscuit is all about. To me, what I love about it is that it's almost like you're inviting me into a conversation and you're not ignoring me. It's, it's just that you, you're presenting such incredible conversation. It's like, I just want to be the listener. I just I just want to just sit here and learn new things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that that's how you feel, um, you know, because I, I'm learning... <laughs> it's not just fun to uh, cook these meals for people and have conversations. It's, it's also fun to, you know, recreate a recipe Mm -hmm. for something uh, after learning about what it was. And it's quite unexpected. Sometimes uh, the meal that comes from a specific person, you know, it could be, uh, you know, an art connoisseur or a wine connoisseur uh, and their meal their you know, in nostalgia, their nostalgic meal might be something uh, quite unexpected, you know. It's not. It's not. Al- it's not always going to be a filet mignon or some kind of thing. It's. It's. It's a really something that really um, uh, is significant in their childhood or their upbringing that's attached to memories of family or memories of of uh, growth and uh, you know and hard work and that kind of thing. So, just just finding that out from someone and then and then attempting to create a recipe. Uh, uh, to recreate it is just um, it's just a very magical thing. You, I've become that that person that I, I I don't just look at a steak or look at chicken. What I do is I like I, I sit there and I go, how can I make this a part of breakfast, lunch, and dinner? I like to break food down to figure out the multiple ways that food can can bring you joy to every corner of your day. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's that's definitely a really uh, great uh, take on on food and obviously helps combat food waste and um, also right. just open. It opens up. Yeah. I mean, it really does. When, when you've got that kind of mentality to say, hey, you know, how can I utilize every part of this? Uh, you know, maybe with the bones, I'll make a broth and maybe the the, the chicken legs I'll grill or, you know, this, that and the other. But um, it, it is food, as, as everyone says, is is what can create, uh, you know, a bond between strangers, you know, a bond between two people that don't know each other. You have the right meal or you have a meal together and all of a sudden, you know, you might be best friends after. (laughs) One of the things that you, that your personal strength inspires me is that you're not afraid to create a recipe. And, and right away, uh, what, what I learned from you on that is I start thinking about this, this TV show, the bear and how they have to recreate those recipes. I feel for you, dude, because I don't know how you deal with that, that inner core creative muscle that's saying, no, do it again. No, do it again. You know, I, I try not to be so um, I'm not a perfectionist. And I think, um, you know, when it comes to recipe development and, you know, back, you know, a few years ago when I was 
primarily focused on my blog. Um, I think a lot of my followers and, and subscribers appreciated it uh, as they did my first book because um, I, I try not to, to complicate it. I try to, you know, I, a recipe can be as complicated as anyone wants it to yep. be. I mean, a, I've seen a grilled cheese sandwich recipe that's like 10 pages long. <laughs> now. Maybe not 10, maybe not 10, but you know, it's, it's sometimes I'm like, man, you know, if we keep it simple, like if you were to walk in your kid, if someone told you to make, you know, chicken parm and write down what you did, there's really not that much to write down. I mean, like, like, you know, so it's, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's all about taking it easy on yourself. Um, you know, making sure I'm having a good time because I want listeners to have a good time. I want people who are using these recipes to have fun and try to recreate these nostalgic moments as well. Um, and, and be successful. I, what do you do about those moments when, when, when you know, you, you, you design things in your own personal kitchen, but, but I also support local restaurants in a big way. But when I go to a restaurant and I sit there at the table and I go, no, I would have done this differently. How, how do you get beyond that, that you are not better than the shelf that that's at that restaurant? Uh, I don't think that I think it's just um, food is extremely personal and everyone, everyone it's just very personal. Everyone has different nostalgia, different memories attached to it, different tastes, different preferences. Um, you know, I, I when I sit down in a restaurant, I, you know, a lot of restaurants serve bread and, you know, look, it's easy to be like, man, this bread's awful. But it's what what. The best thing to do is to, I don't discriminate against bread. You know, I'll eat whatever bread is available and I'll enjoy it. I mean, bread is bread is meant to be enjoyed, you know. So, yeah, have I have I have I gone to a restaurant and, and in my head been like, man, this bread's terrible? Probably. But, you know, I think I've definitely learned to try to just, you know, if I'm out to eat with my fiance or my family or whatever, you know, that moment is not about my expertise as a baker that moment is about sharing a meal with a loved one and i think it's more important sure you know when when your your entree comes and you know maybe it's cold or maybe the pasta is not cooked all the way or what inevitably there's going to be a conversation with your uh whoever's dining with you about like hey like how's your food oh it's good it tastes like this or or this and that that's you know that's normal but i think like you're saying, you know, there's like a, a, a line that can be crossed and, and it, it can become like a whole scenario of of like, oh, well, I would have done, you know, I would have. Blah, blah. And it's like, honestly, you you don't know what's going on in that kitchen back That's there. Right. You don't know. That's right. Short staff. You don't know who's just cut their finger and can't do something like it's just it is what it is, you know, so. Uh, just try to keep it. Just try to chill. That's that's the thing. <laughs> Speaking of conversation, I'm a wannabe master chef when it comes to soup. I mean, I really love soup, but I like to serve it scalding hot. And people will go, "Why is it so hot?" And I said, "Because it's going to create conversation. You're not going to slurp my stuff down. You're going to take your time to enjoy every bit of the flavor." Oh, I like that. That's that's a that's a that's that's very smart. Actually, you basically kind of uh, <laughs> create an environment where you have to just take your time uh and in, and enjoy little by little uh the soup and also soup should be served very hot I mean, mm-hmm. it's soup. you know it's soup <laughs> it needs to be hot <laughs> are, are you shocked by the number of creative people that find peace inside their kitchen because you know so many times when you think of these rich and famous you think ah they, they're not going to go into you know that messy kitchen but no they do they go in there they explore 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think well, I, I say this time and time again. I mean, everyone loves food. I mean, everyone, everyone loves food. It's, I, I don't think I've ever met someone in my life that that didn't just like love some kind of food, any, any, anything, even if it's like a specific sandwich or, um, and people are very, um, habitual in their, in their food too. Like there, there's, there's always like something that someone will, will have once a week, maybe every day, yep. maybe once a month or, or maybe on the weekends, whatever, like food, food is just like part of our daily cycle of existence. It's on your, you know, when you wake up, it, there's a decision to be made. Am I going to have breakfast? Am I going to make eggs? Am I going to eat oatmeal? Am I going to have a shake or whatever? Am I going to drink water? And then, you know, four hours later, where am I getting my sandwich for lunch? Maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe my friend wants to join me or maybe I should eat a salad because I'm eating too much bread. Where am I, you know, and then four or five hours later, you, you get home or you're already home and you're like, well, what am I going to cook for dinner? My mother's secret sauce was lard. Why is it that we have stepped away from using lard in the foods that we bring to our table? Oh, man, let me tell you something right now. You ain't been in Miami. <laughs> you, ain't been, you ain't been in the Caribbean. You ain't, been, uh, you ain't been in Latin America, man. Lard is all in that cuisine. <laughs> uh, we, we, stay, we stay on lard, man. What, what you talking about? Talking about? Uh, I mean, yeah, obviously, I think in... in uh, <laughs> You know, in especially in New York City, you know, if you're if you're gonna go out to the to the trending restaurants, like you know, maybe I don't know, maybe they're you know they're probably using like duck fat, you know, which is just yeah, a fancy yeah. say lard. Uh, no, not really. Um, you know, fat, fat, fat is whether it's butter, whether it's lard, whether it's you know duck fat, bacon fat. Um, you know, fat, animal fat is is a a widely used uh, uh, ingredient, but lard itself. I mean, I make Cuban bread with lard. And the flavor, mm. yeah, the, the 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 flavor of a, a, a sourdough Cuban bread with lard is just, oof, man, it's really, really good. So you know, I look at the end of the day. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but one can assume it's probably not the best thing to consume. So you know, I don't, I don't, I try not to eat that too much. <laughs> it, it is tasty. Well, being so close to the food world, let me ask you a question, because the, the, the country right now is in transition. Here in Charlotte, people are coming in from more than just Ohio and New York City. We're getting New Orleans. We're getting California. We're getting Seattle. I'm thinking that the the, the, the tastes in America are going to change because people are, are making such a move. They're bringing their culture to a city like us. Listen, you know, first of all, you're absolutely right that you know, there's a movement to bring uh, what some people may call authenticity uh, to to their kitchen. And I think, you know, I think that's that's when you start to find the most delicious food. Yep. You know, it's it's it, and it's a it's a few there's a few, you know, people move or move to a city uh, for a variety of reasons. It could be more affordable. It could be better for their lifestyle. But at the end of the day, when it comes to opening that restaurant or opening that bakery, you do see a trend of people wanting to showcase not just their skill set, uh, not just their training and culinary background, but they want to showcase a story about themselves, about their family, about uh, their heritage. And that ultimately, in my opinion, creates more delicious food than someone who just is, you know, uh, went to culinary school and then just kind of worked in, in, a, in a specific system and then they open up a restaurant that kind of mirrors that same specific system, uh, but without that personal touch. And I think, 
you know, I'd rather eat the food of someone who is from, you know, the South and loves cooking and learn to cook from their grandmother, their mother mm-hmm. and practiced and, and cooked and then opened up a little shop somewhere, man, I, I would, I would love to eat that food uh, more than the food of some acclaimed chef that did this and that. And, you know, so it, it really is uh, interesting to see a movement towards uh, appreciating oneself and appreciating one's uh, uh, roots. You, you talk about a bakery. You also talk about culture. I'll, I'll tell you one of my favorite things to do in life is I love going to every single bakery I can find and taste their version of Trace Leches. Oh, my God. <laughs> you are a very smart one. Tres Leches is divine. And I think um, it I wouldn't say it's hard to get right. Uh, I would say there are some tres leches that are far better than other tres leches. Uh, I think, I think, you know, when you find a good tres leches, it's a moment of pure, <laughs> pure, unadult, just joy and, yes. and happy and comfort. Um, and it's something that I definitely enjoy a lot as well. I love a good tres leches. Oh my God. And, and, and the way that it just kind of, it just, it just consumes your body or just basically becomes a part of your moment. And, and we talked about conversation earlier. You want to get into a great conversation, have some of that for dessert. Yeah. I mean, listen, if, <laughs> if you have a tres leches for dessert, I mean, you know, shoot, and you're talking with me, we're going to talk about a lot of things, you know, what kind, what kind of, what kind of milks do they, eat? I like right. these coconut. Oh yeah. I like, yeah. I like these little coconut milk as one of the milks, you know, how much condensed milk is there? Is there even condensed milk? Uh, is there evaporated milk? What kind of cake did they make? Is the cake moist before it got drenched and did it, you know, uh, you know, does it, what about the cherries? You know, those, uh, the, the cherries sometimes are traditionally on there. Some people don't like those. And, uh, th- yeah, Tres Leches is just an absolute classic, classic, classic dessert. One of, you, you bring up coconut. Uh, one of the things that's really starting to happen when it comes to even the things that we drink, you got Prime, you've got Olipop, you've got all of these drinks that are made out of plants. And, and I'm wondering, there's got to be a recipe out there that's going to require me to get into that, that bottle of Prime and create it. All right, wh- I mean, because I mean, I just, there's just something waiting to be created in my kitchen from a drink like that. <laughs> Are you saying you want to recreate uh, a bottle of Prime, or you want? I want to. I want to. I want to utilize that coconut water in Prime somehow, some way, and I want to take the flavor and the nutrition that Prime offers and put it in something because I just think because it, it it's just as important as milk. It's just as important as any other fluids. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't really know much about Prime to be to be honest with you. It's a that's like um, it's, it's like a, a hydration drink or yes, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know much about Prime or what ingredients are in it, but that surely could. I mean, I, I tell you what, it, I'm sure you could create some fun desserts with it or something or some kind of uh, you know ice creams or I mean, you know, who, know, who knows what you could do with it. But uh, that's interesting that you're thought process would be to utilize something like that to, to recreate uh, to, or to create something new. Well, it's because of podcasts like yours, the Flaky Biscuit, that we that we challenge ourselves or we give ourselves permission to go into a kitchen to make a mistake. I mean, some people like true crime po- podcasts. I like food podcasts, and that's why I'm addicted to yours. Well, I appreciate that. Um, you know, yeah, Flaky Biscuit is, uh, it's all about uh, trying to find those moments of nostalgia and recreate them. Uh, like you said, you know, with, you know, making a recipe, uh, using using creativity to make a recipe uh, is, is fun on its own. 
uh, but actually, you know, feeding this to someone to see where the conversation goes and <laughs> to see if I can bring them back to that to that moment in time that really comforted their soul. Um, and, and, and there's nothing that makes me happier than, than, uh, having guests on the flaky biscuit and, and just, uh, cooking up those delicious morsels of nostalgia. So I'm going to create a prime soup. It's going to have kale in it and anything that's probiotic. And you're going to come over for dinner, right? Um, <laughs> let, me, let me, let me get, let me get back. Let me get back to you on that. Let me get back to you. <laughs> Dude, you got to come back to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you. Absolutely. Well, I really, really appreciate your time. And I hope to, to actually come back and chat with you again soon. Absolutely. Be brilliant today. Okay. All righty. Thank you. You too.